Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, January 30th, 2019. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. Now, whether you're a regular listener or new, doesn't matter. We always talk about serious matters here on Invest Talk, and that is trying to help you achieve financial your financial goal. I would say financial freedom. And, of course, that means different things to different people, as we mentioned yesterday. But the point is for you to try to get to a point where you can make decisions on your life without considering money. In other words, if you feel like retiring, you do retire. If you feel like working more, you work more. If you feel like changing careers, you change careers because you have enough money in the bank, in your investments to support you. That's the comfort zone we're after, everybody. We're all looking for that comfort zone. So, to me, that's the the definition, the simple definition of financial freedom. Now, today, I'm going to do my best to help you get there. I really will. And I do that, of course, we do that on this show, Invest Talk, by our open anytime listener line, where you can call and ask any questions live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday, or even after the show. You can still ask ask your question, the same phone number, 888-99-CHART. Okay? Now, you know, every... Do you see what's happening? Okay. Let's talk about the Super Bowl for a minute, because it's coming up, right? The Super Bowl. Do you know how much it's going to cost? How much it costs for a 30-second spot during the Super Bowl? 30-second spot. 30 seconds, not a minute. $5.24 million. $5.24 million. So then maybe you don't want to advertise on the game, maybe on the pregame. You can get that for a bargain rate of $1 million for 30 seconds on the pregame. Pregame. And as you know, it's in Atlanta, and you know that's where Coca-Cola is was founded, right? I was there uh, last year. Last year, I, we, Suzanne and I, Suzanne's my wife, we, we went and saw uh, Atlantic Braves uh, baseball game, and we took the Coca-Cola tour. It's really interesting. If you ever get to Atlanta, you got to take the Coca-Cola you know, tour. It, it, it's, it, I thought it was interesting. Anyways, Pepsi is coming to town with huge dollars, pumping lots of money into the Super Bowl and Super Bowl-connected events. So I wonder how you, they're, they're thinking about that. And you know that my other sponsors for the Super Bowl is Toyota, Doritos, which seems to be there every year, T-Mobile, and Michelob. Those are the big sponsors. And, of course, everybody likes to look at the commercials, and hopefully there will be some good ones this year. They don't always have good ones, but hopefully this year they will. Anyways, in this first quarter for Apple, Apple's first financial quarter earnings was a little disappointing. Uh, what was interesting about the earnings, because you know they have to diversify from, diversify away from just selling phones, and they sell, we know, you know, they sell computers and stuff, but their services, Apple services showed twenty percent growth. 
I think that's the future, if you want to know the truth. I mean, their profit margin on iTunes is 60%. So their services section grew 20%. And I think that's where you look for the future for Apple. You know, the number of people using streaming services is up 90% for all last year. 90, 90. That means that all benefits Netflix, Apple, Google, Facebook, Amazon. They all benefit from that. eBay announced a first ever dividend, 14 cents. But eBay's business has stagnated. It's stalled. They don't have any growth. I'm not too happy about I wouldn't look to them for investment. And since our Investop program is streamed live on the web, we have, of course, many listeners, all parts of the United States. And for those people in the Midwest with that brutal cold front coming down, Chicago is freezing to death, all that area. I mean, when you're talking, it's 20, minus 25 in the morning without the wind chill, and with the wind chill, it's minus 54 degrees, that's cold. I don't think I've ever been in that kind of weather. I think the worst I have been in is like 10 or 15 below with wind chill, like zero. But, ah, man, that was cold. You know, you get frostbite within five minutes if you expose your skin to that. I mean, so don't go out. I know they, I know they closed a lot of schools and a lot of businesses and stuff. Wow. Be careful. Take, be safe. That's an Arctic blast coming down and... It's really, this is the worst blizzard uh, since 1967. In 1967, there was 23 inches of snowfall in Chicago. You know when it's as cold as it is now, it doesn't really snow. It's too cold. It's actually dry outside. But that was their worst blizzard in Chicago, 1967. Um, and it still remains the worst one. They, I think, they, let's see, was it 20 or 30 inches of, 23 inches of snow? 23 inches. And then back then, they had winds gusting to 53 miles an hour. It has a blizzard. There's always lots to talk about, uh, but I want to talk about financial stuff. So let's, why don't we go and grab a question of our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Brian from Texas, and I was wondering about uh, emerging market ETFs, uh, particularly Brazil. I know they've been beat up, and what's the outlook, in your opinion, on some of those emerging markets. Well, you know, the best time to invest anywhere is after it's been beat up. But no one ever knows exactly what the definition of beat up means. How beat up is it? Is it, is it bad enough? You know, um, and no one really knows. I can't tell you. Looking at Brazil, the main ETF of Brazil is, by the way, it's EWZ. Not recommending, just saying that's the main ETF in Brazil. I think they have one other. Um, and EWZ actually has come back pretty decently from its low. I mean, it bottomed, double bottomed July and September. So double bottomed in September, retesting that July low. And then that low was close to 30. And today it's at 44.60, close to its high last year. So, you know, it's already made a pretty darn good run. We're talking, what, 30 40%, 30% up? Uh, 30% be 9 39 no, uh, 40% up? Well, yeah, a little bit more than 40% up. So, you know, it's already made a big run of back up, recovered. And you might be a little late to the game, I'm thinking. Uh, 
depends on which stock and which ETF you're looking at, but the one I'm looking at, EWZ, and that's what's happened there. If any of the information discussed on today's program raises further questions in your mind with regard to how market news may affect your portfolio, I really do encourage you to reach out. Reach out, give me a call, or reach out to Justin and I in our, by, via email at KPP Financial, call our data point office, whatever you can, reach out. Reach out and talk, contact us. We'll, we'll respond. We always do. We're taking live questions at 888-99-CHART. Welcome to the final days of January. The Super Bowl happens Sunday. The market continues to go through ups and downs. And you want unbiased investing advice. Steve is here. He's taking your questions live. So you can call InvestTalk now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Noel in Napa. How you doing, Noel? I'm good. Uh, sun shining. Got my shorts on. What could be better? But anyhow, That's right. You want to talk about, a- about AT&T? AT&T huh? I've talked to you about it before, and it's uh, been faltered a bit today, uh, down to $29.40, because I guess their entertainment section isn't uh, quite what it uh, was hoped to be. And and I was wondering what Correct. the book value is on AT&T. Are you still okay for me investing in the AT&T? I'm going for the dividend, yeah, I, of course, I, I, that's all. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's if you're looking for the dividend, yeah, I think that's a great buy in this area. I mean, it got down to, what, 26 and a half? And now recent, recent has been about $30.50 or so. Now it's 29.37, big down day today uh, for, for AT&T. Um, they pay 6.9% dividend. That's not in jeopardy, you know. That's still and the PE. They're going to make three dollars and sixty-four cents next year. And it's a twenty-nine dollar stock, so the PE is what eight nine, and the the lowest it's ever been in the last five years is eight. No, I I'm thinking you know if you want to buy a really solid dividend payer without a lot of risk, you know, to that dividend, this is the stock you buy, you know. And I think it's still a good price. Yeah. So what? What if let's say, let's say it goes back down to twenty six fifty? I still will say it's a good stock to buy because then the dividend would be over seven percent. I mean, how many stocks do you know that you can own or even anything you can make seven percent a year if you just ignore the price of the stock? Think of it as I bought you know something that's just going to pay me seven percent a year. What do you care what the spri- You know the stock price goes up and down, up and down, up and down over years. And you get seven percent a year. That's how I look at it. I mean, that's pretty solid. Uh, yeah. Will it ever lose its dividend? Will something else happen? Yeah, something could. You got to keep an eye on it. But what are the chances? So, no, I, I think yeah, I think AT and T is a good buy at this price. I really do. Let's go to uh, Amit. How you doing, Amit? In uh, Cincinnati. Uh, what would you like to talk uh, about? Steve, this is Amica from Cincinnati. How you doing? Is it cold? I'm doing well. Oh, it is so cold. It is like below, <laughs> I think below five over here. Okay, well, I'm not going to tell you that it's close to 70 degrees here. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry thank about you that. Thank so much to you and Justin for all the knowledge. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. What do you want to talk about? 
I wanted to ask you, this might be a speculative play. I wanted to ask you about NVAX, XSM X-ray, NVAX. Okay, it's Novavax, Novavax, Inc. It develops vaccines and improves current preventative options for avian influ influenza and infectious disease. They don't make money. They've never made money. They're not going to make money next year. So, you know, I don't like that. I don't like that a lot. Sales are been flat. This last quarter went down 7%. Before that, they went up 60%. It's a $872 million company uh, doing about mm, 7, 8, 10, th about th $30, 40000000 million in sales a year. So it's not, it's a very weak financial company. Cash flow is negative 63 cents a share. And so there's not a lot of good things I can say about it. It's just not, you know, it's not going to make money. So I, I stay away from those kinds of stocks. I mean, okay, so don't, don't put, it's a really high, high risk. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. And that's uh, Novavax, N-V-A-X. So everybody, you, if you listen to me at all over any length of time, you know that I buy stocks that make money. I don't ever suggest that you buy stocks that don't make money. If you bring me a stock that doesn't make money, I will look at it, but I probably will never recommend it. Why? Because there's so many stocks out there that do make money. Why would you take that little extra risk? Now, you're going to say, people say, well, because it's growing sales real fast or they got a great product. That's a story stock. In my last Invest Talk Academy class, I talked about story stocks. The story sounds very, very good, but it's a story. I can tell good stories if you want me to, but it's a story. We don't buy stories. You buy earnings. You buy, you know, sales turns to earnings. And we don't, if they don't, you don't have earnings, I'm not thinking you should be around that stock. Okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to consider subscribing to the KPP Financial Premium Newsletter. We call it, that comes out every Friday. Every Friday, write that thing out. Every Friday. And it's about three or four pages. It's pretty quick read. Man, it's only three or four. And I talk about what's going on in today's marketplace and the economy. And I think it's pretty up-to-date and pertinent. Okay? So, and now I'm ready to take your questions. At 888. If you want to get the newsletter, go to investtalk.com or KPP Financial. You can subscribe. 888-99 Charters, our number. Steve and Justin are always grateful when you make Invest Talk a part of your daily routine. And their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio. The phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278, our main talking point today. Amazon plans to launch a new Middle East marketplace. And the move will bring an, uh, a unified brand uh, and a, and a back-end system for Amazon while helping more U.S.-based sellers expand in the region. So we're talking about Amazon going to the Middle East. Now, um, so Amazon is launching the new marketplace targeting Middle East countries, Saudi Arabia and the UAE. The company is telling sellers to focus on Amazon's main site instead of 
I don't know how to say this, S-O-U-Q.com, S-O-U-Q.com. That was the Dubai-based online retailer. It still is existing, Dubai-based online retailer. But Amazon bought that retailer back in 2017 for $580 million. But they're going to move away from that, and all that stuff on Sokol.com, however you say it, is going to be on Amazon because they want to, you know, it makes sense. You want a, a brand, Amazon brand. So, you know, the move will give them an, a unified brand, back-end system for Amazon, and they're going to be in the Middle East. The old Middle East, well, is that... Amazon is just going to continue growing. I, I, it's moving in so many different directions that I can't see how it not, is not going to continue to grow. It is going to stumble someday, okay? It will, but, uh, you know, it's hard for me to see... You know, that stumbling yet. It just is. Uh, I, and just to remind you, uh, in North America, 69% of their revenue comes from North America. I mean, that's where they are big, 70%. Uh, I think UK, Germany, Japan account for um, the majority of their international sales at right now. So they're trying to get over there into the Middle East. Amazon has struggled in China and India. Because of local laws that they run up against. Lots of competition. So, it's kind of interesting. I, I, I like Amazon a lot. It's just so darn expensive. If it ever got cheap, I'd be, I'd be in there. Of course, it may never get cheap, right? <laughs> yeah, just not. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888-992-4278. The market was up today. The Dow was up 435 points. The Nasdaq, 155 points. And the S&P up 41. That was a pretty big dump day. And you can all, it all is due to the Fed, which I'm going to talk about. It's going to be one of my main talking points today, the Federal Reserve. Um, um, another thing I want to talk about if we get time is the stock market investors should brace for a plunge in business investment. CapEx. Cap, capital expenditures is what that stands for. CapEx. Capital expenditures by corporations. And it's probably going down. It's already going down. And I also want to talk about Foxcom. Remember they are going to build that big, huge plant in uh, Wisconsin? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if we move quickly, we can fit in another caller. The call came in earlier, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. This is William from Kentucky. I'm calling about a tax-exempt bond. The symbol is O. R N Y X. It's Oppenheimer Rochester High Yield Muni. And I saw where last year the return in 2018 was 10.1%. It's got a five year annual return of 8%. So I'm not familiar with these munis. Can you talk a little bit about the benefits and the risks and why somebody would want to buy these uh, munis and part of their portfolio package. I love show. I'll listen to the podcast. Thank you. Okay, this is Oppenheimer Rochester High Yield Municipal Bond Fund. Whenever you hear the term in describing a fund as high yield or a bond as high yield, the thing that should click on in your mind is high risk, high yield, high risk, high yield, high risk, because they these are bonds from corporations that are smaller or have a little bit more difficulty, and that's why they pay 8, 9, 
10% in dividend in yield, bond yield, because they're high risk. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but high risk yield, high risk, high risk bonds issued by higher higher risk corporations have a much higher default rate, especially in recessions, than than quality bonds or investment grade bonds. Okay, um, I don't want to get too much into gradings of bonds, but if you hear high yield, just equate it into a high risk, and you don't want to be anywhere near this during a recession. That's when it's that's when they start to default. The defaults can be pretty hefty. I think the average is about twenty five percent or so. So yeah, the money looks great for a while. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be part of your portfolio. I just want you to have your eyes open. And and when it gets close to recession, these are the types of things you don't want to be in. Do not want to be in. Okay? 888-99-CHART. Tomorrow on Invest Talk. In December, house hunters signed up about 2% fewer contracts to buy existing homes. And realtors are blaming stock market volatility and weak affordability. And that story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. The time is now. And if you act now, the benefit to your financial future could be measurably significant. This is your chance to sharpen your investing skills through a valuable online classroom learning opportunity, InvestTalk Academy. Enrollment in InvestTalk Academy will introduce you to a weekly series of live investing classes conducted by KPP Financial Principals and InvestTalk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. You'll profit from a critical degree of focused mentoring led by Steve and Justin. Hear their full analysis of the market. Follow along with charts and data points. Understand technical and fundamental analysis. Develop the mindset to become a successful investor. InvestTalk Academy offers an unprecedented value for serious investors. Register now at InvestTalkAcademy.com. Twenty nineteen has certainly been interesting for investors so far. Steve and Justin encourage you to make InvestTalk a part of your daily routine. Their unbiased guidance can be an invaluable aid to your efforts at building a strong portfolio as you work and plan for your comfortable financial future. Now, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Ron in New York. He wants to talk about Paguscuro Digital. I don't know if I said that right, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Thanks for taking my call, Steve. Uh, so, Steve, Thank you. My, the, re, the, rational, the rational of why I bought uh, a bit of shares in this company was I have been increasingly reading that Brazil has been trying to move more towards uh, a card-based transaction economy than a cash economy. Uh, and in that front, I kept researching on names, uh, you know, who provide these services in Brazil. And I came up uh, with this company, and there was another one called Stone Code, ticker symbol S-P-N-E. 
Uh, and I picked up mm-hmm. this, this company, Paxaguro, uh, and I wanted to get your opinion to see, uh, you know, if you think it's a good company to hold, my holding pattern is going to be about you know, a couple of years at least, uh, where I think the market should grow in Brazil with regard to card processing transactions, and I just wanted to get your take on mm-hmm. it. Okay. Uh, P-A-G-S is the symbol, everybody. Passeguero Digital, Brazilian-based company that provides payment technology solutions to small and medium-sized companies. One thing about I like about it is it makes money and has been making money for years. It that, that One thing that worries me is it's a fairly new issue. I mean, it only came out on, in 2000, was it? Right at the beginning of 2018, at the end of 2017. So it's a fairly new company. Um, it is growing very fast. The growth has slowed down. I mean, the most recent quarter, the growth was 31%. But the quarter before that, was, and we're talking about sales. The quarter before that was 56. The quarter before that was 98. The quarter before that was 114. So the sales growth is slowing. And that's probably why the stock went from 39 all the way down to 17th here last year. And now it's at seven, you know, right at right at the bottom, right at the end of the year. Today it's at 21.53. It's going to make $1.22 next year after making 84 cents this year. So that's 45% growth. That's pretty hefty. $21 stock at $1.22 means that, you know, you're looking at a stock that is about 18, 19 which is not unreasonable for the amount of growth it has. That's pretty reasonable, in my opinion. So, it is a fairly new issue, and that's always problematic Problematic because you don't have a lot of information, you know, because it doesn't have any history. But it is in the area that you like, and it is growing. So, this is a pretty, this I would consider a pretty speculative uh, stock, but a good solid stock at this point with the song earnings. So, you you can have my blessings at this price. I think that's a, I think it's a decent price. Okay, appreciate the call, Ron. Thank you. P A G S is the symbol. It's only it's, it's a seven billion dollar company, so it's not small. It's mid cap, mid cap, kind of bigger mid cap. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. So Chairman Powell of the Federal Reserve. Uh, announced that they're going to take a wait-and-see attitude today. Uh, wait-and-see meaning on whether they should raise interest rates or when they should wait raise interest rates. And he mentioned the word patient. They're going to be patient. He also mentioned the word, the, the kind of the phraseology of uh, the economy is he looking out and looks his ideas upbeat about the economy going forward. All that made the market go up. This this was this market move today was totally driven by the Federal Reserve. They also talked about something else, which I've mentioned on the air, and I know Justin has every so often. And remember, the Federal Reserve has a huge balance sheet that they're letting run off about two hundred billion dollars, meaning they have all these bonds. It was up to four trillion. It's a little less than that, and they're letting these bonds run off now. What does that mean to you and me? What that means to you and me is that about at a $200 billion runoff that they're doing, that represents about an increase of a quarter point of interest rates, which means it will slow down the economy. So it's tightening, tightening the economy just by the runoff. We also mentioned that the feels that the Fed feels that they can tweak that shrinkage or that runoff. In other words, not have the bonds run off as much. 
That's how the investors took it. That also supported the stock market today. So as far as the stock market, everything the Fed said today is everything they wanted to hear. Now, what do you do you think that the Fed is trying to manage investors' expectations? Do the the Fed actually managing or trying to control what investors feel and do in the stock market? I think it is part of the whole equation because the stock market is a leading economic indicator. It's very durable. They don't want the stock market to fall. And it seems to me this is kind of this whole thing that they said today kind of whether I'm not saying they're lying or anything. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the part of this equation besides being, you know, that this is what they believe. Also, they want to make sure the market doesn't collapse. That's what I think. It's part of the equation, not the number one thing, but part of it. My opinion. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I've been around long enough, and I can tell you that the Fed does, does try to manage expectations of investors. Been doing it for years. No secret, I don't think. If it is a secret to you, that means you haven't been paying attention for years like me. <laughs> you know, maybe you're new to this. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and dealing with developments like stock market volatility, real estate costs, new tax laws, changes in all the laws concerning healthcare, and the you know everything. That's why you're here to help you understand that, and then build a portfolio that takes in all those things in consideration. So, discipline and knowledge it takes to manage your portfolio. Unbiased advice is very, very important to you. And I hope that's what you hear here. We give you unbiased advice. And I invite your financial questions as well. So, please call 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they describe their services as independent thinking, shared success. And this philosophy is why KPP Financial can be of great value to investors. KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are committed to unbiased guidance. They don't upsell clients into expensive and questionable investments. Instead, Steve and Justin provide honest opinions and proven strategies based on the individual's current portfolio and risk tolerance. Working with KPP Financial, you can be assured of consistent dedication toward the goal of helping you achieve financial freedom. You can get things started with a phone call or a simple message through investtalk.com. The Invest Talk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. Call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin, big fan of what you guys do. Uh, my name's Alex. Uh, I have a question regarding a stock, Innovative Industrial Properties, ticker IIPR. It's a real estate investment trust for a company that purchases commercial real estate buildings and then triple net leases them out to marijuana companies. Obviously, where the economy is um, and considering financing or future financing for marijuana companies that won't be able to purchase their own commercial buildings is Seems like a good stock. I've had it since December 2017, and it keeps going up and up. I've held it while it's gone down, and 
more recently it started to hit new highs and new 52 week highs. So I just wanted to see your opinion on it. Should I sell some of it? I have about 52 shares in it. So I could sell, you know, my initial principal and just leave the rest in there. Just curious of your thoughts, where it's going um, relative to the economy. Look forward to hearing it on the show. Thank you. I would definitely take some profits off the table because it's so small. This is Innovative Industrial Properties, IIPR. It's a symbol. It's a $600 million company out of San Diego. It's a REIT, Real Estate Investment Trust, meaning that it has to pay 90% of its earnings out in the form of dividends to qualify as a REIT. And if they do that, they don't have to pay corporate income tax. But you're going to have to pay tax on the money you earn in the dividend. Uh, is a REIT that targets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. Hey, that's what they do. And I do think that that is just going to increase. I think that demand is going to increase for that. So I think it's a pretty good stock. They make money. Now, the first two years they're in business, 2016 and 2017, they lost money. But 2018, they're going to make 76 cents. That's the estimate. And then next year, $1.97. And sales have been increasing 100 150% per quarter. Now, sales are also very small, $4 million. So, you know, it's kind of easy to increase sales. But uh, $1.97, it's a $61 stock. That, okay. I just gave you all the good news. The bad news is it's way overpriced. It's way overpriced because the growth rate is so striking, people don't mind paying up for it. But you got in at a very low price. I would take some profits on this thing if I were you because it's going to end somewhere. I just don't know. And it's overbought right now. It's at a new 52-week high. And, you know, it's probably going to give back some of those profits. It would be very natural to do so. But I don't, I would hold on to it. I mean, I wouldn't sell all of my position, but I certainly would take some off the table at this point. Okay. Um, that is IIPR, the symbol, everybody. 888-99 chart. Okay. Remember Foxcom? Remember back when there was all in the news, how they were going to open, spend billions of dollars in Wisconsin, Billions of dollars, $10 billion on a campus to build, um, to make, manufacture, design uh, electronic stuff. That Foxconn puts together and they're huge, right? Huge. And there was a big Trump was out there saying, hey, this is what, what, look what I did, look what I did, you know. Well, it looks like Foxconn might be trying to back out of the deal. Doesn't look so good. Now, they're saying that we're still going to have, you know, a, a facility, but they were thinking they were going to eventually have 13,000 employees. Yeah, uh-huh. maybe not so big and maybe not the, the maybe not at all. Now, this this guy, meaning the guy who's the CEO of Foxconn, has a history of doing this, breaking promises. That he says he's going to do something. Terry Gao is his name, CEO of Foxconn, and then doesn't follow through. So, you know what? That probably won't make the headline news like it did when they first started this. So, you take everything with grain of salt, everybody, everybody, everybody. Take everything with grain of salt. When you hear something that's really, really good, man, makes me nervous. Why? What's the? And does that, does that mean I'm a cynic? I don't mean to be. 
I'm trying to be a realist, but don't all cynics call themselves realists? <laughs> so maybe I am. I hope not. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. 888-992-4278. This may be, this may be, it may be tight to fit this in, but here's a caller to comment, called, called in earlier. Yes, I was calling about rig, R-I-G, oil uh, drillers. I'm long in the position and wanted to know what you think about it for the next uh, month or so. Thank you very much. John from San Jose. Okay, to, to ask about what I think of a stock for the next month or so, that is just a guess. Okay, you're, you're asking me to guess where it's going to go over the next month or so. That's really a short period of time. Um, so if I'm looking at that, you know, to answer that question, you really just look at the movement of the chart and whether the pattern is uh, bullish or bearish, you know, that kind of thing. Transocean rig, R-I-G, is a very large $4 billion uh, offshore contract drilling company. Been around for a long time. They're losing money. They've lost money in 2017, 2018. They're going to lose money, and then next they're going to lose money next year, this year, 2019 too, per share. Sales growth is finally picking up a little, one to two percent. Before that, they were just shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. You know, so they've had their problems. That's why it's an eight dollar and sixty nine cent stock. Um, I wouldn't buy it. I wouldn't even consider it. I'd run away the other way. They don't make money. Not going haven't made money in several years. Don't they? Don't the estimates are they're gonna still lose money. So there's no really reason to own the stock. I mean, remember, in 2013 they made four dollars a share. In 2014 they made almost five dollars a share. In 2015 they made four dollars and seventy four cents a share. Then 2000. 16 a dollar 76 then 2007 lost six cents i don't like that trajectory you know I, I i would probably stay away from it i think it's already bounced from the bottom it was at six dollars and fifty cents to 869 looking at a chart it's consolidating here the question is it consolidating to move up uh, another leg up or down and i'm my guess would be on the downside but that's a guess you know one month you can't really Pretty hard to know what's gonna what's gonna happen in one month. That's pretty difficult. This is Invest Talk, everybody, and I'm Steve Peasley. The month is moving pretty fast. I mean, we're already January 30th. We have one more day in the month. That's, that's tomorrow, and we're, we're here on the West Coast where I down. We're gonna get some rain. We're gonna get three or four days of rain, and we're all excited about it. Sorry about those people in the blizzard area. I, I feel bad for you. I'm just glad I'm not there. We're taking your calls, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, house hunters signed about 2% fewer contracts to buy existing homes in December, and realtors are blaming stock market volatility and weak affordability. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. I have a question on a dividend stock that I'm looking at. A.O. Smith, ticker symbol A-O-S. It looks like they've increased dividends. I'm looking for dividend from uh, stocks that I invest in. Thanks. 
Okay, Smith A.O. Corporation, uh, out of Milwaukee, manufactures water heating equipment for various residential and commercial markets worldwide. It's an $8 billion company. <clears throat> They're going to make $2.78 this year, This year, uh, up from two sixty one last year. <clears throat> and then next year, they're going to make three dollars and two cents. Excuse me. <clears throat> so they make money. They've always made money. They've done very well. They're growing like five, six percent, which is not bad. Um, uh, it's going to be a cyclical stock, so it's going to, you know, and in a recession, it would, you know, get hurt. But you're looking for a dividend, and I'm not sure why you're looking at this because it only pays one point eight percent. I mean, that's pretty darn low. There's a lot better companies. You talked about companies this hour, very at the top of the show, AT&T pays 6.9% dividend. If you're looking for dividends, well, I'm not sure why this one would come up on your radar. Uh, it's a solid company. Nothing wrong with the company. Good return on equity, 27%. Cash flow is strong. I mean, they should be able to increase their dividends, but they don't pay much at this point. So I'm not, uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the company. But I would look for a better dividend payer, that's for sure. Okay. Okay, stock market investors should brace, brace for a plunge of business investment, CapEx, capital expenditures. Corporations spend money to grow their company. Okay, that's what CapEx is. They spend money to make their company more efficient, grow the business, buy more buildings or build a factory. CapEx spending capital expenditures by the company. And this recent boost, uh, tax boost that we had in 2017 made CapEx spending go up 10% to 10% for 2018. Okay. More than double prior. It was more like 4%. However, in the third quarter, this most recent quarter that we have numbers for, it was only 2.5%. So it looks like the big boost from the tax cuts is already built in and it's not helping further. And at the same time, you had a conference board for CEO confidence. This is, you know, they do a survey all the time and the CEOs out there, that confidence index that we have for them went from 55 in December to 43 in January. That's kind of disturbing. That trend, in, that trend is disturbing. There's only been 10 other times in the history since 1976 that they started doing this. That has fallen before 43%, 43 as a number. And often that has led to a recession. I'm not saying that that's what will happen, but... That's not a good sign. That is not a good sign that capital expenditures by corporations. It tells you the CEOs are not confident for one reason or another. And that that is disturbing. That that can't continue to happen if you expect the economy to continue to grow. So you had the Federal Reserve Powell be upbeat about the economy, but you got CEOs that are not are not so upbeat about the economy. It's a tug of war, people. And the consumer has been, you know, their consumer commerce number went down, but they're still pretty buoyant. Consumer is the all-important person here in our economy. That consumer, they have jobs, they feel comfortable, they spend money. 
that's the important thing in our economy. If they feel that we're moving toward a recession or something's falling apart, just their act of not spending so much will push us into a recession. It's that simple. So that's one of the reasons why I think the Federal Reserve tries to manage expectations of the stock market to keep the consumer spending, keep the consumer happy. Anyways. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and this completes another Investop program. Been doing it for, what, 20 years? And I thank you for your loyal support and questions. If you are one of our listeners in Chicago or Indianapolis or Milwaukee, try to stay warm, bundle up out there, okay? It's cold. The Midwest has about two more days of this brutal Arctic blast. Have a nice evening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.